What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop. On Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by FMF, Matrix Concepts Canada, and The Fast House. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, but with us on the line, one of the voices of Canadian motocross. He goes by the name of Brett Lee. Brett, how are you this beautiful Thursday afternoon? I'm good. That that's a pretty good introduction. I'm uh, I'm doing pretty good, and uh, I'm just uh, hanging out in Walton and sitting on a lawn chair, and uh, I'm pumped to do this uh, podcast. Absolutely, uh, a, a guy who who needs no introduction, but I have to give you one anyway because this is the radio, and otherwise people have no idea who's on the other line. Uh, but I'm really excited to talk to you, my friend. This is an exciting time in uh, of the year as far as your concern, Canadian motocross concern, and uh, I, I'm really excited to kind of get this uh, like kind of going because. Um, the Walton Transcan is has has a long lineage. It's a almost like a rite of passage as far as Canadian motocross is uh, considered. I think you'd agree. Well, I I always do agree, and I, people are like, "Well, that's because it's at your place." But uh, it's it's more than that. It's it's uh, I take a lot of pride in 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 it being here, and um, I always feel like we give all the riders. I I try and do it in a way that's respectful to riders, and uh, I. I respect the national championship from amateur to pro. Uh, and so this race has been around for, this will be year 26, I believe, uh, 27. Yeah. 26, the 26th year we've uh, done this event. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's, it's just had so many cool stories that go on. I was talking to some people today and they were just going on to me. Like, they're like, we've had some really great years and we've had some bad years, but everyone always has a really cool Walton story that they can kind of relate to and experience because you, you are here for a whole week, right? And you kind of, you build team uh, relationships out with people pitted around you and people from your province and all these sort of things. And like I said, it goes back. There's some pretty fast guys who've come here from, you know, Ryan Gold, who I do the TV with, or Kyle Thompson, who I do the uh, TV with. Uh, you know, Cole Thompson won a, on a 50 here, right? Yeah. And guys like Bobby Canary run here, Nick Way won here, Travis Pastrana, Jason Lawrence, guys from the States like that always show up and make this kind of like a really one-off special thing at the amateur level. And uh, so I'm really excited. I mean, even uh, I was talking to someone the other day 
and I, I just happened, I can't get into all the details, but I can tell you the bronze boot is in the house, the award for the top amateur rider in the country. And it just, it arrived today uh, back from the, the bronzer. And the first rider to ever win the bronze boot at Walton was Justin Thompson, who is now running the Jetwork series. And such a cool feeling for me. Uh, that was the first time I really got to know Justin. Yeah. And 20 years later, he's driving through the series or through the, the gate as the series promoter. And he's been, him and I have been talking about how we come back together for the last couple of years. And he's such a big part of putting me back in this series. Absolutely. No, this is uh, earmarked as uh, a must go to for a lot of uh, amateur athletes, especially because of uh, the history with it. Guys like Justin Thompson winning uh, that, that bronze boot award the same day that Bobby Canary, I believe, dominated every moto uh, that a super mini or 85 would have ridden on. And um, like seeing uh, how people have embraced it over the years, I know Manitobans have gone to it uh, over the years as well as uh, across the nation. It's, it's kind of like, a, like a, um, a complete melting pot of all the different communities within Canada because we have such a vast uh, country that especially at the amateur level, you don't really understand or maybe know how you stack up against other provinces because let's be honest, if you're, you're knocking down moto wins in Manitoba, uh, like I don't know how likely it is that you trip all the way out to Alberta or BC or Quebec to kind of find out like how do I stack up against those kids? But this event allows uh, riders to really kind of get outside of that small pond of local racing and uh, see where they stack up. And uh, a lot of riders are pleasantly surprised that uh, their brand of racing ends up on top, or some riders end up going all the way out there and realize, and uh, maybe getting a, a, a ration of humble pie and end up having to go back, uh, go back home and try that much harder to come back the very next season and redeem themselves. Yeah. And it, it's all on how you take it on. Right. Yeah. Uh, so there's a couple points in that. And, I remember, I'm going to use a great one, is uh, Doug Pettis, uh, Jeff Pettis' dad. And I remember the first year they came, and I, I ran into him, and I knew Doug uh, just through talking, and we got to know each other, and he brought Jeff out the first time. And they did they struggled the first year here, right? And Jeff was nervous and all that stuff. And Doug's like, man, we we came in sort of thinking, uh, he will, I can't remember, he said, like, we brought a knife to a gunfight, right? And they took that as, like, they did had some good motives, but I, I don't think it was where they thought they were going to land. And so they went home, they regrouped, and they came back stronger. And he's always, Jess has always come to Walton. They've traveled a long ways. I mean, Prince George is a long ways away. But that is translated into a kid who's very hardened. Like, he is a confident kid. He doesn't get down on himself when things aren't going. He doesn't get himself, he doesn't get too high, too low. And I always think that's a little bit to do with how that kid has just worked at this and worked at this. And that's happened from the point he showed up here in the 80s, thinking he's going to... Uh, do really well. And he, you know, like you say about humble pie, I, he's always been a humble kid. I'm not saying that. I'm saying he took what he, every year he came to Walton, measured himself, fixed what he had to fix and came back a little bit better and a little bit better. And that's been the sort of the earmark of his career. And it's cool to see those things start at this level, like here at Walton is kids can say, well, for one race, they can make it to Walton. They can stack themselves up. They're confident. There's going to be some good racers here. And the other thing that I always think is cool and, I do know that it's not – I always wish all the manufacturers and all the teams and all that stuff could go and spend the time at all the races across the country, but they can't because we're Canada and that's just the way that is budget. But yeah. we can get them here, right? And I do work really, really hard to get media here, to get riders here, to get coverage of amateurs, and they focus on them. And it, it brings – 
for kids to get that exposure and that attention for if it's just one weekend, uh, great. And if we can, I mean, I want that to obviously grow and you see Jetworks working really hard to make that grow, but it is a hard thing to do. And I'm really lucky because I am two hours from pretty much everyone. So I can uh, get them here, but it's still work for me to get them here. You know what I'm saying? And for sure. So for, for uh, amateur kids that come here, I'm always excited that they're going to get a chance to be uh, featured in all the magazines, featured on all the websites, riding in front of all the team managers, riding in front of all the manufacturers and the distributors and all these sort of people. And everyone's standing. I mean, the best feeling I always have is like, we always open the event with MX2 Intermediate. That's our showcase moto. Right. 250 Intermediate, I should say now. We close the event with 250 Intermediate, right? That's the, that's the start and the finish this event. It's been that way forever because those are our showcase motos. But the cool thing is everyone's excited when that first moto goes off the line. It's like watching a national, right? Yeah. And when the final moto happens on Friday, everyone from the industry is watching it. Everyone from the industry knows every kid in the top 10, right? And it's this thing. And it's almost bigger than the pro event because all the pros are watching. All the teams are watching. Everyone's watching. And I'm like, that's the part I get the chills about, like that these kids for, for whatever, for one moto, for, for one week, are the stars of Canadian moto. And I, that's the part I'm proud of, right? It has nothing really to do with me other than I'm hosting it, but it comes together really, really well for this event. For sure. And, and if you're a, a, a racer of any caliber within uh, Canadian moto or, or, or worldwide, uh, your, your, your hope is that your efforts will be rewarded. You'll be, uh, you'll be noticed by somebody uh, and, and get a sponsorship of any level, whether it's, uh, whether it's product, whether it's cash, whether it's a combination or even just uh, a, a sweet set of stickers. Um, you want <laughs> to have the ability to, uh, to showcase your talent. And, uh, and of course, like I mentioned earlier, uh, because we're so spread out in this vast country of Canada, you don't get a lot of those opportunities. Um, but Walton is certainly one of them. Like you said, every eyeball uh, is in, intently lit watching the, the races and, and seeing how it all shakes out. Because a lot of times, like uh, say if you're like a particular rep for a company, you've seen one or two riders throughout the year being very dominant on the local level. So you've kind of got those kids kind of like... Uh, 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 highlighted as yeah, those are the kids to watch. But then somebody else comes in from BC or or somewhere else in Ontario or, or uh, uh, the Maritimes. All of a sudden, shows up and, and steals the show. That's the uh, where a kid can really Case kind of seize the day. Casey Keys is a great example of that. Casey yeah. Keys showed up. He's an eighty rider. Yep. Nobody knew who Casey Keys was, and he showed up. And they had sent their bikes out in uh, the big box trailer. Yep. They'd showed up in a rental car. He was so nervous. And all everyone was talking about was Joey Crown, Joey Crown, Joey Crown. And Casey Keys showed up, and he had that cool Fox gear on. He was riding trick-looking Yamahas. And he was like the epitome of a mini-star that week, right? He went from a kid nobody knew. And everyone kind of knew him the first night because he went out and smoked everyone in their bicycle contest in the BMX thing. And everyone's like, hey, who's this kid? And there's this <laughs> fast kid on a BMX bike. And then he went, showed up in the line, and he is, you know, Fox had him really dialed in with an unbelievable good-looking kid here. And he went out and he put some good motos together. And he ended up winning a Super Mini Championship, I think, that year. That's right. And beating Joey Crown. And it was like, it was life-changing because he went from this unknown kid to that year winning Super Mini to going to Las Vegas Supercross in the uh, Mini Challenge to the next year. He showed up with the number one on his 80 and all these trick kits. And, I mean, there's we got the picture of him on... I mean, his pictures from the year he ran the number one plate on as an 80 was a throwback to like way back, like when, you know, 80 riders were superstars of their own. It was 
such a cool thing to watch that kid the last couple of years uh, ride here as an amateur. It was it was awesome, and now he's got he's got a really good pro career coming together. For sure, and it's just not not even like a like the current pros like uh, Jess Pettis, who's currently leading the uh, the uh, the yeah. points, and uh, he's hot on his heels. Is another uh, a hot uh, product that's uh, that's also raced at Walton and Joey Crown. But uh, uh, guys that join you in the booth, like uh, like Ryan Gauld, um, a guy who grooms current racers to get to the level of of being successful at Walton, like Josh Woods, those guys have all come to. Uh, to Walton and prove their mettle. And uh, like, regardless of which side of the border you're on or what end of the country you're on, I think it's understood that if you want to, uh, um, like, uh, like uh, other than there's another big race that happens uh, south of the border, uh, if you want to prove yourself as far as a, a, a quality racer in Canada, that's where you need to be. And uh, I think more and more riders, uh, especially in 2018, are circling on the calendar, making sure they've got uh, their, their T's dotted, I's crossed. Uh, when it comes to uh, heading off to uh, to Walton, yeah, I think you've seen that trend a little bit. We've been talking about this a lot in in Moto. Is that I think people um, Moto is expensive, right? And and everyone knows that. And some of these big events are expensive, but I think people are like wanting to invest their money in sort of big events that give them good feedback. So they're doing a lot of practicing and and stuff like that. But like you said, uh, they're circling their big provincial championship races, maybe circling big nationals, maybe hitting some Loretta Lynn qualifiers, just some like really big events. Like the small events seem to be struggling a little bit that don't ha- carry a lot of weight. Right. But it's just kind of how the sport's evolving and changing. Right. I mean, even the, I can see soon the amateur opens being coming this cool thing for each region. And like I said, a, a system that sort of pushes people up and I don't know, like uh, kids are, are getting faster and faster. The sport is expensive. And, um, uh, but people do, like you said, circle those, sort of key events and if you work really hard you're gonna have a like for our, ourselves we, we work really hard to make this something special that when people come and they spend the money to come um they go well that was worth it for sure so so then like for those who have not uh walked through the beautiful gates of uh of walton raceway <laughs> uh what uh like what would you say like what do we say to those people that have not yet gone what are they going to experience, uh, and and what are some of the memories that uh, that are cultivated through that? Because I think that's one of the, the biggest things is, is that uh, this also gives uh, racers a, a great kind of almost like an annual pilgrimage where they know they're going to create some great memories, and like you have your yeah. your neighbors and stuff like that, and there's ra- the the races, yeah. and it's it's an awesome track on top of that. So uh, people tell me that ba- Walton is like Vegas, like you can't wait to get there and you can't wait to leave, right? Like you're <laughs> you're here for a whole week. And it, you do go through ups and downs and highs and lows, and it's it's like an entire season of motocross unravel or unfolds in one week, right? Like you go through some really high highs and some low lows, and it it all happens in that one week. I think what we do really well, and what I've again I've with the Thompsons, I've, I've talked a lot of, to them about this a lot, and that that was um, sometimes in our sport there's a pressure to be uh, different things than maybe traditional heart like we consider ourselves a traditional motocross race, like a traditional motocross track. Um, we're, we're mostly, we're 95% natural. We're wide. We're a, like a clay dirt soil. Uh, we do a dirt start where we do all the things that a traditional motocross race would do. And, and we stay really, we want to stay true to that, right? We don't want to, um, there we want to celebrate 130 foot, uh, double at the, <laughs> there might be doubles and jumps and stuff like that, but I mean, uh, 
we, we really push to try and, I mean, for me, what I want is people to come here and understand, be able to walk away and go, I, I understand what, what motocross is, you know, okay. and, yeah. and get a good feel for what a motocross track is. So, um, that's our, our stick here is we're true to motocross. It's, it's a motocrossers track and it's a motocrossers facility and all the activities that we build into this thing are for motocrossers. And then we have like from, we start racing at seven in the morning and we go till, uh, six o'clock at night. And then we have special activities that run through to 10 o'clock every night. So you come here, you're on a vacation. You can expect to come on a cool vacation to get a traditional motocross track. And we put the effort into prepping it. Like it's, you know, this isn't like the amateurs don't fall second to the pros. In fact, some always give us a bit of heck that we don't go as hard for the pros as we go for the amateurs. But it's, <laughs> it's a true, true track, true, true motocross track, true motocross experience. It's authentic. And uh, we're super proud to be authentic motocross. There you go. An authentic motocross experience that uh, basically they can't find anywhere else in uh, in Canada as far as uh, just the scope of how many riders. Uh, there's there's not a single, I don't think there's a single uh, local um series that's boasting uh, in the upwards of 500 entries um and and that's exactly what you guys have been able to accomplish over the years i think as many as say maybe eight nine hundred at some at certain points uh what, what's kind yeah. of the 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 key to uh to wrangling that many people nationwide i, I guess that seems like a pretty tall order so again um i think it's worthwhile for riders when they come here they get they know that if they invest in coming to this event they're going to ride against really elite competition they know that they're going to get that experience I just talked about, that it's authentic to moto, that it's fairly even playing field, and that we're going to put a lot of effort into delivering that product back to them. And um, we also work hard to figure out ways to get guys here, right? I mean, uh, for example, like Ryan uh, Ryland Bly from Alberta, he texted me up this week or last week, and he's like, I really want to come. I just, I'm trying to figure out how they make bike work. So we, we make phone calls to connect riders with people to have them pit together. Uh, Ryland's going to pit out of Calkeese rig for the whole week here. He's renting one of Cal's bikes. You know, like we make some of those little tricky things for guys that are traveling to get here. We make them happen, right? So yep. I, we really want to do things. Working with Courtney Lloyd at Cycle North and Cal Beaton, they're putting together that Western package, and we're working with them to make things happen. And so those are the tricks. I mean, it's it's really just it's a full time job. We're dedicated to this event all year long, and um, I just uh, I believe, like I said, I, all the all the pieces are work, right? I, I'm on. I, I'm I'm really blessed that I'm really good friends with people in the media and the industry uh, that they they bend over backwards to help me, but I also call them and ask them to help me, right? And and that helps get them all here. And I just think. That's the key to a great event is um, it's, it's really just respecting the sport, respecting the riders, respecting the industry, and giving them a place they know they can come and really uh, have a great time and a great experience. Absolutely, and, and on top of that, like you put in a lot of work throughout this year, and I'm, I'm sure uh, more than a couple of the sleepless nights that you wonder if, if, if it's all going to come together in the end, but it, it always does. It has so 26 years, um, but it's at the same time, this is also a fun experience for you. You have uh, the, the, the top amateur riders from across the nation and in the United States coming to enjoy your, uh, your track and, uh, and basically see it all unfold basically in your own backyard. Uh, what are some of your most uh, rewarding um, experiences over the years and is it still fun for you? 
Uh, oh, it's it's still fun. I mean, I'm a, I'm an event guy. I love putting on events and creating experiences for people. So this is the ultimate one. And right, it's there's highs and lows for me. I mean, that rain that we experienced a couple years ago was about as low as I've been at an event. Right? Uh, there's just I couldn't I couldn't get my couldn't get it under control. Right? And it was all weather that we just were just battling. And it's amazing as an event producer and any track guy will agree with this is that the days uh, that are really great are usually the easiest days, right? Those are the days that are the easiest and everyone, and the days you work the least, you know, like you have that overcast and everything's just perfect. And it's just easy to do the days that you work your hardest and it just seems impossible to do it are those tough rainy days. And everyone's like, what are you guys doing? And it's, it's such a frustrating thing, but I love it. I love the highs and I love the lows, just like I love moto. And I guess my highs and my experiences have always been, I mean, I really love uh, seeing kids who come up through the ranks here and uh, see, I loved the Casey Keys one was really cool to me with him coming all the way out here, not knowing where he'd stand and him, just knowing how nervous him and his dad were and then seeing him, where he evolved to in the next couple of years. That was super cool moments for me. I loved Cole Thompson, um, I have a cool relationship with the Thompsons and that, like I said, Justin, but Kyle had been, or Cole had been coming here since he was on fifties. And I watched him come up through every year. They, they came back to this event, came back to this event. He went from fifties to sixties, eighties to, to intermediate. And then when he made his pro debut here, it was kind of cool for us. Same with Joey crown winning a moto here, Joey crown, even though he's an American kid, his dad used to work on my bikes. And I love seeing kids that just keep a vault, come all the way up through the system. And then, springboard in the pro and really land on their feet. Right. And Dean Wilson was another one. And now when I see Dean, I, I mean, I saw uh, behind the, or moto, moto nation, I think it is uh, with Dean Wilson, they had a feature on him yeah. and on his wall, I could see the Transcan number one uh, uh, plates up there along with all of some of his other amazing accomplishments. Those are cool moments for me, right? Just seeing people come. Like, I remember Dean Wilson bailing out over the natural double and breaking his ankles, like on practice day. Right. Yeah. Like, and then to see him win, uh, an AMA national championship and all these sort of th- things where these guys evolve to is it's super humble. And even watching Jeff Pettis this year racing Supercross, and you're like, man, that kid was sitting, his dad was sitting on a cooler wondering if they made a big mistake like four or five years ago here. Now he's, you know, out leading at an AMA Supercross. Like you, you have a connection with people. And so those are the real like cool moments for me that I can uh, do. And I love, uh, you know, as guys get older, I've, like Colton Fasciati is another one. I've known Colton coming here since he's 11 years old. And now he's a 30 year old man with two kids. One's about to start racing and him and I uh, shoot the breeze and talk about moto and stuff like that. And it's just, I've been blessed to like just meet some really cool people and be, be able to offer them a place to have some cool memories. So uh, that's, that's the highlights for me is all those watching people have good moments here and uh, be able to share it somewhat a little way. Absolutely. Did you happen to ask uh, Colton how he acquired a time machine so that he could put himself back in 2008 where uh, he was <laughs> dominating everybody, then spun the clock back forward, brought that speed with him, and now he has a, I wouldn't say commanding lead, but a pretty decent lead going into uh, um, the final race of the year. Uh, like The, the guy's uh, going to wrap up another championship in, like, as long as things go well. This is motocross. Anything can happen. But uh, like, sure. I, I'm blown away by Colton Fasciati this year, and I'm stoked to have his jersey hanging on my wall right now. 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, Colton is like any other pro. Like you take JSR, you take anyone who's won a national championship, and at the very like, those guys learn how to be really great pros. They learn how to prepare, and when everything's right and they're competent, they, they prepared and they're prepared to do what they're going to do. And Colton said before the season started, he had a good off season. He felt healthy and he's preparing. And in the past, like, and you go back to some of Colton's injuries and all that sort of stuff. And there's years he showed up hurt, and I think uh, this was a year that. He was prepared. He was properly motivated because he sees the sort of the bookend to his career coming. And, you know, like he's an elite rider and he's an elite athlete. And elite athletes find ways to, it's not a mistake that he is going to, I mean, he could tie JSR this year as a five-time national champion. That puts him in that top, like, you know, Ross, JSR, Colton sort of is the the great riders in, in our country that have ever raced. And that's, you know, it's uh, quite an achievement. And especially if you if he gets motivated, he uses this and he comes back for next year and takes on and, and pulls off the breaks loose of JSR, man, that's just an amazing uh, amazing accomplishment, but a tribute to what kind of athlete and how mentally strong the guy is. Totally. No, I, and, like, I think it almost kind of speaks also to the experience of a champion to, to not crack under the pressure of, uh, of basically doing exactly what he's done four times prior to this. I think uh, a, a younger racer uh, w- would have a little bit more uh, issue with, uh, with keeping things all, all collected, but uh, Colton doing it very businesslike, and uh, like he kind of he takes his moto victories when he's feeling it. When he's not so feeling it, he, he, uh, he does his absolute best and, and just manages the championship, and with, uh, with two motos to go, uh, he's, he's in the driver's seat. And uh, as for, for yeah, Jeff, it's not easy to do, right? No, like, it's not, not easy to win a national championship. Like, what is it? Five, six guys have won Canadian national championships in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, you, there's not a lot of guys who have won Canadian national championships. And that's the beauty of Moto. There is one winner, right? Mm-hmm. And to do it and to win it five times is, is not, it's not easy to win it once and it's no easier to win it five times, right? Like he's had to do the same prep, the same, like you said, the mental sort of prep to do this. It's, it's, uh, I have full respect for how hard it is and, uh, how hard he has to prepare and the sacrifices he's made to become a five time champ. For sure. And it's all unfolded in front of you as, uh, you've called pretty much all the motos, uh, except for me. I think you, uh, skipped two, two rounds, uh, in the early portion yeah. of the season, but for, for the most part, yeah, you've been doing the call. How are you enjoying that? Uh, working alongside Kyle Thompson, which the two of you have definitely developed a pretty nice rapport as the season's progressed. Uh, it's, it's pretty fun. I mean, uh, it's one of those things where I'm, I'm sort of playing the role of when they need me, I'm there, so yeah. to speak, right? And, and uh, so when, what, whatever they need me to do, I'm completely in. I want to see uh, that entire team and that family be successful. I want to see the sport be successful. And so whatever they need, I'll do. And yeah, I, I like doing it with Kyle. Kyle and I have known each other for quite a few years and sitting, talking to someone for like four hours, you get to know them a little bit better, right? You get yeah. to pick up, like Kyle's a pretty funny dude and he's like real subtle, right? So I have to always be like, I, I like it because I have to be listening to him because he's got some pretty good little, little zingers. Yeah. And and, and I'll, I'll, we've got to learn, like even listeners who uh, do listen into the show, they've like picked up on like how funny Kyle is. He's a really, really funny guy. And, uh, I like doing it and I think he's improved and I've improved doing it. And, uh, we just literally were guys who went to the, 
it was the first round. I said, if you guys need anything, I'm, I'm in them I'm there to support you. And they're like, can you help us with this? And so that's how I did it. I went to the first round and jumped in and, and did the, the announcement and I enjoy doing it. And, uh, but more importantly, like I just enjoy, uh, hanging out with everyone at the track and, and sort of finding a role, right? Like I, I, I'm, I got a business, but if I can help the sport, I, I want to do that too. So it's kind of a, the best of all worlds. I get a great seat, get to hang out with a guy who's pretty, pretty talented and pretty funny. And I hang around some of my friends for a weekend and I go home back to my normal world. Absolutely. I was in the same boat uh, maybe eight weeks ago when uh, the, uh, the Rockstar Triple Crown Series came to my home track of Minnedosa where what uh, uh, wasn't feeling up to uh, cracking the throttle, but I was able to, uh, to uh, wrestle the, the microphone out of your hands and, uh, and call out yeah. some of the, uh, the names that I'm used to calling out. And that was a pretty uh, rewarding experience for me. I appreciate you uh, letting me steal your microphone for, uh, for at least one amateur, uh, amateur race this year. Well, hey, like you showed me up, I'm pretty good on that one. <laughs> I was struggling a little bit, and it, it's hey, Moto is about knowing those people and being familiar and telling sure. that story, right? And that's announcing is is simply just telling a story. And when you get to know people and you know who you're talking to, it, that story is a lot more fun to tell and it's a lot more enjoyable to listen to. So you're the perfect guy to jump in there. And, hey, and again, it's that goes back to this whole thing. Like I love going to the track and just kind of getting to know new people and meet new people and hear their story and hear how they see the race and see motocross through their lens, right? And see how they, what they see of it. And that's been a cool thing for me is being able to go across the country and talk about um, just racing and, and bench race, but also talk about my own events. And I know when I was in Manitoba, I got to go to the FXR ride and I did a lot of cool things like that. So yeah. um, it's, it's just, uh, it's been a lot of fun this year. Just it's, it's very chill and I, I'm not a big player in it, like doing some of the things I used to. But I feel like I got a, a role, and I'm useful when uh, when I'm needed. When I'm not, I'm I got lots of things going on too. So those guys are doing a great job, and just pumped that they got not only Walton back and Sandley back, and they've got some of that old feel back to the series that uh, that's been missing maybe a little bit. Absolutely, it's a great time to be uh, uh, twisting the throttle and getting that throttle therapy in. Canada with the the Rockstar Triple Crown Series. Uh, Brett Lee here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Matrix Concepts Canada. Brett, before I let you go, my friend, uh, where can people find more information on the, the TransCan? Uh, where can they get tickets? And uh, kind of give, give us a little bit of more, a little bit more info, info uh, for those who have listened to this and now they're just furiously looking through the internet to find how they can take it all in. Well, I hope so. I, hey, it's pretty. We're really easy to get. We're pretty savvy, or social media is savvy, like everyone is these days. So, yeah. Walton Raceway. Uh, you Google Walton Raceway, and you always find us. But Walton Raceway on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, WaltonTranscan.ca is our website. So you just go to WaltonTranscan.ca. But again, you go and search us up on uh, Instagram on Walton Raceway, Twitter, uh, Transcan, anything along our keywords. You can find our hashtags, all that sort of stuff. So we're really into social media. And our website, waltontranscan.ca, has got everything. You can buy tickets online. And if you're on the uh, Rockstar Energy Triple Crown Series website, our information's on there. they got a great site, MRC Racing, uh, the sanctioned body that's looking after everything. They've got a good site. So there's tons of information right there. Uh, social media seems to be the easy thing. Everyone can put that right in their phone and uh, sure. click us. And we're going to be doing, throughout the week at Transcan, uh, we're doing like four recap videos a day on Instagram and Facebook. 
So that's going to, Ryan Gold's going to be actually editing that, and it's going to be cool covering the amateurs. So people throughout the day will be able to just, even at work or at home, pick up their phone and get some recaps or follow results, all that sort of stuff. So, uh, yeah, keep on, everyone should uh, check it out. And even if you can't make it to this event, um, I think it's cool for people to show respect for their riders. Uh, these guys from Manitoba are going to be here. McNabb, obviously, is the, the big mini star that's coming in here from Manitoba, oh, yeah. for He's example. He's coming in but for that boot, I think. He's coming hard. So there's <laughs> kids in BC. Uh, there's 15 of them, and their bikes are all on the way out here. I got kids from PEI. Eve Brodeur just texted me today. She's on her way from Quebec. And all the kids from Ontario, I just talked to Sam Gaynor's dad, who uh, Sam was down at Loretta's, got a third. And Sam's like, or Jeff, his dad's like, Sam is just vibrating to get in the gates of Walton next week, right? So I'm excited, and there's people to sort of everyone to get behind and get supportive of. And, uh, yeah, we're like, we're just sort of banging on that 500-entry event, which isn't our biggest. But what I, one thing I'm really, really confident about is this is like the, the best of the best are here. And uh, it's some of the classes uh, are going to be just the intermediates, the juniors, the super minis, the schoolboy classes are going to be, they're going to be the showcase. You'll, you'll know these kids in five years. That's where national champions are going to come out of. The, the, the next wave is coming. And uh, you're going to see them. They're going to be racing here this week. So follow us on social media and just check it out and support those kids and tell your tell your own networks to, to support them too because it's, going to be pretty amazing to watch them go absolutely all the best amateur racers converge on walton raceway uh august 14th through 17th is the amateur side of things and on the 18th the pros make it look a little bit easier always a pleasure to have you on the show my friend and uh we'll definitely have you on again don't hang up just yet but for podcast sake we'll cut it off right there thanks so much